Welcome back to Hit Dice, a real play 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast. After defeating Agdavoska cast in our last episode, this group of unlikely heroes has reached level 2. With level 2, my players are going to gain a number of new spells and abilities. Level 2 marks the point in an adventurer's life where they really start to tune in with their chosen class and reap the benefits of their new understanding, purpose, and strength. I hope you're as excited as me to see what they decide to do with their newfound abilities and where they will go next. Let's jump right into episode four, The Buffalo of Holding. All right. You guys ready? All so ready. ready. Yay. I'm born ready. I'm raised on the dairy, bitch. <laughs> All right, uh, welcome to episode four of Hit Dice, a real play fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I'm your host and dungeon master. My name is Wes Cordell, and I am joined by my five regular players, and I'm going to introduce them now. We have Alan Clark. And I'm playing Patches, the half-elf rogue. Uh, Jonathan Ganong. And I'm playing Arwul, a.k.a. Tink Tink, the divination wizard gnome. Uh, we got Caleb Hanks. I'm playing the gowned buffalo, the human ro- uh, uh, ranger. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot for a second. Oh, by the way, somebody asked me if that's actually how you talked. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, they were like, uh, is that actually how Dial the Buffalo talks in real life? The other voice just blends in so well. (laughs) Uh, We have uh, Rachel Watkins. Playing Callista, the tiefling bard. Nice. And last but not least, we have Nina Larson. Playing Adelaide, the half-elf warlock. So last time you all started off after Thyakar Rhyme fell dead in front of you, you answered to the voice at the end of the cavern, and just before doing so, found out that the professors were actually scrying you back at Kaggert's. They realized how much trouble you were in, and when they saw that Thyakar was involved, Professor Vanderman came to your aid. He gave you a health spell, and you guys were able to bring patches up long enough to actually get in there and make something happen. Agdavoska cast revealed what he was doing with Thyakar Rhyme and why he told you he was trying to earn favor with other dragons who were trying to create the second tier fall. And he had ordered Thyakar Rhyme to bring him the most powerful items at the school. And in return, he promised not to kill any of the children there. It was a tough fight, but you guys did kill him. You got back to the school, fleshed out the whole story in front of most of the staff. You all were rewarded for the work that you did, and uh, you gave three health potions to Professor Gumbar, the evocations professor. Well, I didn't know if they were health potions or not. No, uh, just, did I say health potions? Yeah. yeah. They weren't, I was just getting you really excited. They were, you don't know what they are yet. Yeah, they gave you all the health potion and apologized for not sending you with health potions in the first place. We're sorry. But the weather is calm for the first time in a long time, and it is midsummer right now, and so with this rain kind of gone, the humidity, a lot of it has left with it, but the heat has kind of come back, and you wake up in the morning, and it is just scorching. Uh, like, you can feel how hot it is as soon as you wake up. But you all wake up in this room. And hey. Falros is gone, right? Yeah. When they were scrying you, as soon as it was revealed that Thyakar was involved, Falros went MIA, just disappeared. Split. Yep. Where's the oh, And the second tearful, is it... 
T-I-E-R, T-Y-R. T-E-A-R. Who knows? Excuse me, professors. Can someone please spell it well, for us? Tier. <laughs> There's Tear the God. That's what yeah. I'm saying, yeah. yeah. You guys actually did ask them, and none of them Nobody seemed knew. to know anything oh, about okay. it. Um, that health potion, is it 2D4 plus 2? Uh, regular health potion is 2d4 plus 2. Um, and did I learn um, how to make health potions from Vanderman? I think you told you. Oh, is Vanderman going to teach you? Yeah. So you would have learned what you need to make those health potions. You know that the ingredients for one costs 20 to 25 gold pieces normally. You'll also need about an hour to make one. Wow, what a nice sleep. It was not very loud and rainy last night. Where the fuck is my buffalo? It's hot as fuck. Get our bikinis out. <laughs> I'm all five of you wear bikinis back. Take me on bikinis. I was wearing my two-piece the whole time we were fighting that bitch dragon. I do not doubt that. Fuck that dragon. Let's go check on those potions and yeah, I'm gonna go I see, see Lupe. Sounds good. Check, check. So um, you guys walk out, and as you walk out of your room, your room is actually right on the bottom floor. It's ground level, and as soon as you walk out, that heat just barrels in this door. It almost takes the breath away from you as you come out, and it's only just morning. But there is a figure standing on the other side of the door looking at all of you. There is a female goblin. She has stringy hair. Uh, She has it pulled back into a greasy ponytail. Her clothes are simple, and she has tiny trinkets all over them, forks, hairpins, things like that. Darkseid stands in front of you. Uh, I was wondering if we would see her. Her hands hands are kind of clasped. Uh, Her head is down. She glances up at you all, and uh, I just wanted to say thanks. Um, Rira won't come. He won't say it, but he, he means it. And Brusbel too. And we're grateful. We're sorry for the loss of your friend. It could have been worse, I guess. And we had it worse before. When we were with the Hobgoblin, he just killed us for fun, so. Fair enough. Well, I'm glad yeah. you're here now. Hobgoblin. Hey, Tharxy, yeah. do you yeah. know anything about the second tear fall? I guess sometimes I cry at night. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> this, no, I don't think so. The dragon that you were all, you know, involuntarily serving mentioned oh. something about a second tear fall. I, I don't know what that means. I, I didn't even know that there was a dragon. Cool. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, Insight. <laughs> She's like, thank you. He's like, do you know anything? I don't care you. You little bitch. Um, that's a seven. This is like the worst at insight. (laughs) You don't think that she's hiding anything. It seems strange that the professors wouldn't know anything and that she would. But yeah, she uh, and she just finishes by saying, I wish I wish I had something to give you, but this is all I have. And she pulls out a little it's a little cloth thread and has like a bent spoon around it. And uh, she just like holds it out to kind of give to all of you. Oh, well, Thraxy dear, you don't need to give us anything. Oh, I made I'll it. I'll take it. I made it for you guys. Patches. <laughs> your social skills. Yeah, so you have like this, it's a cloth thread necklace with a bent spoon kind of twirled around it. Can I give her like. <laughs> Never know when you're going to have to do heroin. <laughs> I assume that I probably have like a broken tinker's tool or something in my pack. I have Tinker Tools. Because I, like, have collected a bunch of shiny things. Oh, no, I'm going to give her one of the bottles of dirt from session oh. one. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> Sounds like a yeah, good so trade. She gives you a bent-up spoon necklace, and you give her a bottle of dirt. And, <laughs> and the campaign ends. Yes. <laughs> we solved it! Um, you don't have to give this to me. This is too nice. No, this bottle's too nice. It's for you. Okay. Yeah, so she you just all, puts you it in her pocket. Your friends helped us a lot. We could not have solved this problem without you. So uh, thank you. And we she, may need your help again in the She future. starts to back away and just says, um, if any of you ever need our help, 
We'll help. Thank you. Thanks. Initiate Goblin Army. She gets her own verse in the epic. I think that this (laughs) bit spoon on a piece of thread (laughs) is uh, magic at all. Do you have an identify spell? No, I'm just like, can I see, like, it, like can I just roll Arcana to see if no. that seems like it? <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> it I have seems a big spin, vaguely treasure this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Do you wear it? Um, no. I have it in my, you know, my little... <laughs> I put it away. Pouch. <laughs> I have it in my, you know, ass. <laughs> so she, yeah, she kind of scampers away after this, and the whole time she's apologizing, she's just very timid, and her head's kind of bowed, and she just takes off running. We get the cluster fuck out of Goblin Town. Well, we gotta go see Professor Gumball. Lupe. I wanna go Gumball. see Lupe. What was his name? Um, I definitely wrote Gumball down. Um, Gumber. Gumbar? Do you know Gumbar, any way Gumbar? to Lupe? It is Gumbar. Gumbar. It is Gumbar. Okay, I wrote. So, uh, you wanna go see Professor Gumbar? Yeah, I do. Are, does everyone wanna yeah, go? We're, or? Yeah, we're. we're Let's go. Are you guys going right? as a troop? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Calista's just sort of following everybody around, but she's got her notebook out and she's like making lots of notes for the epic. And she's just decided that Thraxy gets her own verse. Oh. Because she's adorable. Great. And helpful. And gave us a spoon. She did give you a spoon. Which I'm probably going to steal from Professor Gumbar is actually not in the main hall where many of the other classes are. He has uh, a building all to himself. It's small, and it's on the other end of the campus from the main entrance. Uh, Evocation is a particularly dangerous school of magic, so it makes sense that they would have their own building. And as you get to it, it is like a barrack. It's like a half cylinder that's laid horizontally. It looks like the walls are really thick, and even as you're walking in, you can kind of smell smokes and really strong, pungent things like sulfur and ammonia (laughs) as you're like walking into this place and as you open the door yeah even the, the oh, air inside is kind of hazy already oh it's like um, we're home I know it's nice uh, but yeah just the smell of like gunpowder ammonia and sulfur kind of sit in the air around this place where the gardens are beautiful all around the rest of the campus they're kind of dying around this building but as you walk in there's a hazy air and you realize that it's not segregated classrooms that the whole space is actually open furnaces burn in here there are inter- interesting chemicals you see some target dummies on one side of this elongated room a lot of char marks on and around them. Professor Gumbar, it seems, was expecting you, and he walks out. He's, a, he's got that bulldog-like face. He has a white mustache with intricate curls around his bulldog-like cheeks. And he wears small glasses that are just sitting on the tip of his bulbous nose, and they kind of extend out from these mutton chops. And Ah, I do say, uh, to bring some interesting potions to me. Uh, but I've, I've deciphered them, uh, as promised. Uh, and he hands he hands the three potions back to you, just to remind you, there's a red one, an orange one, and a black one. Mm-hmm. All uh, interesting potions to have. I assume that they served a purpose for Thyakar. Uh, the red potion, a potion of climbing. You drink it, and you'll be able to scale anything as, fi- as quickly as you can walk. I promise you that. The orange one, a potion of di- diminishment. Are any of you familiar with the spell Enlarge and Reduce? Uh-huh. Uh, it grants you the effects of only the reduced portion of this spell. It lasts for uh, a, an amount of time determined uh, when the potion is drank. This black one, however, it's n- why it's no potion at all. It's an oil of some kind. Oh. Uh, this one took me longer than the others. An oil of slipperiness, I've called it. I don't know what it was originally called. I've never seen anything quite like it. It seems as though a creature covered in it gains the benefits of a freedom of movement spell. Up to eight hours. It's a long time. And uh, I, ha- I haven't tested this. I believe if you pour it onto the ground, it'll have the same effects as a grease spell. Ugh, hate mutton chops. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time he's talking, all you can see are his mutton chops. <laughs> have you ever had some of your own, my boy? Fuck no. Perhaps you should try it. That may be why he hates them. I'm not sure he can do it. <laughs> 
someday perhaps you'll be able to grow a pair of your own. And if not, I'll fashion you some out of tree bark. Is my patch a grow a pair? He's baby faced. Oh, baby faced patches. Ah, well, if there's anything else I can do for you, uh, feel no. free to let me know. Thank you so much for looking into it. I really appreciate it. Yes, of course. Uh, when uh, when when all else fails us, logic always seems to win out. It's good to know what you have. Uh, if you're ever around here, uh, feel free to come visit me. Tell me of your adventures, anything new you found. Logic you have to share. Let's get to you, Lupe. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, uh, so you guys go to the library, which you've been to before. It's a plain white cubicle building. It's very plain on the outside, except for the gardens. As you come in, there are all of these very minimalist bookshelves. Uh, the books are a little bit of a disaster right now. It seems like the goblins have kind of been left to their own, and without Falros, what little order was left has completely diminished. And there's just like piles of books in the floor around shelves, uh, but there's an intricate staircase that goes right up the middle of the library, and there's a door on the top of it. You will walk up to it, and as you do, Lupe, really eagerly, uh, she just kind of swings it open. Lupe! Yeah. Her raven black hair is pulled back into an intricate braid. Those big, curious, dark eyes are kind of looking out at all of you, and her sharp features are all alert. And quickly, she's just like, hello, friends, come in. I'm sure you have much to tell me. Yes, I got to try one of your spells. Um, uh, oh, they, oh, hold on, yeah. uh, just a moment. Yeah. And uh, she runs over and gets a, a quill and paper and kind of puts it down on the table, and she's like, go on. Yeah, the one that you said might work like burning hands. Yes. Which is a little bit differently. Um, when I opened it, it acted like a healing word spell um, in a 30 foot mm-hmm. radius or so. Which was very, very useful. useful. Pretty much <laughs> saved our lives. So not intended, <laughs> perhaps. I, I'm glad to hear it was useful, but not working as intended. Well, yeah. that's no good. It seems perhaps I got one of the runes wrong. Helpful or not, um, if it's not working as intended, it's a failure. Glad it was able to be of service at the time when you needed it. I, I heard of everything that happened, and I'm certainly glad to see you all safe. And you only use the one scroll. Right. Hmm. Well, if you ever use the other, you must let me know. Oh, for sure. And uh, she reaches into a satchel and pulls another scroll out. If you wouldn't one? mind, this should shield you in times of trouble. All of you. Is this well, in testing, or do you know? cast burning hands. Yeah. This one, this one is in testing, but okay. I feel a little more sure of this one. I've spent a little more time, and uh, you've tested the other scroll for me, and. I figure I'll send another one with you. Yeah. I like this field research. Me too. Mm-hmm. So do we. It's fun when you don't actually have to go into the field yourself, isn't it? The flag I spend more time. Not that we mind. <laughs> I spend my time in my studies. You spend your time looking at my scrolls, and it's a very dangerous thing, so I can't ask you to do it for free. I'll, I'll include this as well. And she uh, places a bag on the table. It has 25 gold pieces in it. Oh, cool. Split that among yourselves as you see fit. Thanks. Everyone. Um, do you have anyone else, any other stories of your spells being tested and used other places? Uh, normally, I'm the only one who tests my spells. You're the first I've trusted to do it outside of this. Oh, that's an honor for sure. It seems like the, what was the evocation that we were just at? Mm-hmm. It seems like that building would be good for testing spells. <sighs> Brutes. They don't understand the intricacies of my research and my work, and of taking the notes. They just like to see what happens, and they forget all of the in-between. What does this new spell do? What do you think? Across uh, about a 30-foot diameter, it should shield anything that is inside of it. Like a classic shield spell, or...? Similar to classic shield spell, I suppose, but it can sustain a certain amount of violence, of force, and it'll just take the impact for you. Well, at least as much as it can endure, which should be... Quite a bit. I'm looking forward to trying it out. It'd be useful if we get any sort of 
dragon situation. <laughs> Look, I'm just curious because you've done so much research and you seem so knowledgeable. Have you ever run across any mention of an event called the Teeterfall? <clears throat> Fuck no! <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I think. No, he made the baby face. When Hold he on. Well, I have heard read of it, but not anything scholarly, just rumors, lore from long ago. I don't know much other than it has something to do with, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, a revolution of dragons? Mm. Sounds right. Mm. Sounds like a pretty cool band. If I'm remembering it right, a time when old hermits would say titans ruled the land. Enormous creatures, demigods. The dragons were looking for a way to make a comeback in such trialsome times. This was their answer, but that's all I remember. There's not a lot written on it. Hmm, it sounds like it was a long time ago. Do you know what, any details about what the revolution involved? Uh, I'm afraid not, I've told you all I can remember. Do you remember how it was spelled? T-E-A-R-F-A-L-L, all one word, I believe. I would dare say that some sort of dragon revolution is a bit self-explanatory. Sounds like hellfire and brimstone and dragons. Blaggins. Thanks, Gus. Who's Gus? <laughs> I mean, guys. I never have. I've been reading that Heroes of the Vine story too much. I, that is a favorite of mine. I read it a lot. Sorry, I read it before bed last night. As soon as you test those spells, I imagine you'll send word back to me as soon as you can. Please. Absolutely. And I'd like to ask, too, just if you come across anything else about the Tearfall in your research, would you pass it on to us as well? We'd appreciate it. The, uh, the dragon that we fought mentioned it, mentioned trying to buy favor with the other larger dragons who were apparently planning a second one. Yes. I figure I, the more information we have, the more prepared we can be. Yes. Should um, that come about. Is this going to be a good story? You've been a great help to me. It's the least I can do. I suppose I do work in a library at a school of magic arts, after all. Uh, I'll do my best to look into it, though it seems like Finding a book in any orderly fashion may take some time. That's the impression I got on the way in. Uh, speaking of which, do you mind locking the door on your way out? You got it. Of course. Thank you. Uh, on the way in. out, is there any way I can... Did y'all destroy Lander's copy of the, the copy of Lander's book yeah, last time? Yeah. Okay. Would there be any other copies in the library or just that one? It's a, it's a real mess right now can down just, in there. On the way out, just like look around and see if I see one. Sure. Yeah, you can roll an investigation. Ooh, okay, well, so that's a 19. Mm. Okay, so even though all of these goblins are kind of falling over themselves, most of them actually aren't even working. It looks like some of them may even be eating the books. Um, they like it, like once you search through one pile, you go back to it, and they've kind of moved the books. Like they're just kind of moving them back and forth. It seems like, but you are able to find land. You're able to find one copy of Lander Brightwood's Starting Fires, which is the book's title is Starting Fires, and you would know it to be the book you helped him write. Great. So I um, I pull out the book and I say, okay, guys, I know you, I asked you, I was pretty angry the other day when I asked you to destroy them. From now on, please just point them out to me if you see them anywhere. Anywhere, literally. And I pull from my pouch, I've got a stack of parchments, and I've written um, like a whole page of notes on it. It's basically an expose on here are the parts of this that Lander made up that are purely bullshit. And I just slip it right inside the front cover <laughs> and carefully place it back on the shelf. Okay. <laughs> um, and tell the goblins not to eat yeah, that Yeah, goblins, please don't eat this one. <laughs> sure, I'll give you inspiration for that too. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> That's awesome. um, yeah, so it, Lander Brightwood's <laughs> book that you helped him write is called Starting Fires, Humble Beginnings for Incredible Heroes. It is a book full of short stories about famous heroes and their beginning journeys and kind of 
how they got started. But yeah, you slip what's bullshit into the book and then you yeah. put it back on the shelf. I'll leave a strand of blue hair in so it. So you're too. writing you're writing a better one of these, is what you're doing. Clearly, God. because the actual events they're going to follow one band of true heroes. Is that us? Maybe. And the stories are all going to be true. Mostly. <laughs> it is actually a feature of epic poetry to exaggerate a little bit, but... Uh. If you could give me giant glistening muscles... <laughs> I was imagining you with those anyway. <laughs> Hell yeah. If you can ride a buffalo... Under that flannel. That's very true. <laughs> I do look... You were raised a lot, by a like, freaking buffalo. you got to be buff, right? That's true. I can rip trees out of the ground with my right. bare... I don't Toads. know why you know that. <laughs> I tripped. <laughs> um, do, you, do you guys want to do anything else at uh, Cagrits? Uh, we did Lupe. We did, no, I think we got it all. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I really want to go to town and buy some things. Let's go. Oh, we're going to town. <laughs> you want to go to Trev? I think I need, yeah, I need some arrows. Need some hmm. more. I need a new oh, rope. Short bow ears. <laughs> you yeah. do need a new rope. <laughs> I need more shiny things for my shiny things collection. Yeah, I want to try out this new spell. I need some stuff. You all have made uh, many new acquaintances and allies. Uh, You have saved the school. The children, as you guys are leaving, they do all kind of like watch you from a distance. They all seem specifically interested in Callista. Your appearance is very exotic, very striking, to say the least. And you can be sure that none of these kids have ever seen a tiefling before. I mean, it's a pretty rare sight. And so they're all kind of just watching you, and they're all giggling, and they're kind of behind the bushes, and they're hiding. But turn and give them the beauty queen wave. Yeah, and they they all, yeah, they all. You can hear them like giggle really shrilly and loudly, and they all kind of duck behind the bushes and try to hide from you just a bit more. You all do leave Kaggerts. You know that it is a two days journey back toward Raven's Bluff. Raven's Bluff is located at the very bottom of the Earthfast Mountains, where the Fire River actually joins the Dragon's Reach, which is the small sea that's just outside of Raven's Bluff. As you all are walking, you see many people. As the road to Kaggerts is it's pretty isolated, but as other roads begin to join into it, you notice that a lot of people are actually moving toward Raven's Bluff. I mean, it's not like you're in a line at an amusement park or anything, but like you're seeing a lot of faces on the road. A couple of really interesting ones, actually, and one of them in particular walks up and begins to talk to you. You see, it's an enormous man with incredible muscles. He has ebony skin. His dreadlocks are pulled back into an enormous bun. He has a huge smile on his face when he walks up to you. His drums and clothing are brightly colored. And he just looks at all of you, uh, specifically at Callista, and he says, it's a nice instrument you have there. Why, thank you. Ah, I've got two of my own. And he kind of hits both of his drums uh, playfully. Uh, And uh, how long have you been playing that instrument? Oh, goodness. I would have to say probably about eight years since I picked it up. I started off dancing. The music is newer. The music flows through us, doesn't it? It's the best way to be talking to people. And he kind of plays, like, playfully on his drums as he's uh, talking to you guys. I definitely Uh, get out of my instrument and play along with him. Oh, yeah. So you guys guys are just, like, (laughs) jamming out. And uh, surely you're going to Raven's Bluff. Indeed we are. Ah, for the Midsummer Festival. Do you know the way? (laughs) <laughs> ah. Follow You're an, inter- uh, an interesting fellow you are. I know you wouldn't be making fun of my culture on the road now. Now, I've spent many, many years out in the woods, and I've learned how to imitate many creatures. I am only trying to further my vocal skills by learning many different dialects. In ah. addition, we're working on social skills, but we've made very little progress. Well, uh, and he kind of, like, nudges you. He's like, 
Takes a little more than that to be a good bard, doesn't it? Indeed. Ah, so surely you're going to see Lander Brightwood. I hear he's going to be in town. An exciting, uh, an exciting thing. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> What's your name, friend? My name's Davian Powell. Give him a copy of the cheat sheet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Davian, um, do you know Lander personally? Have you met? I never met him myself. He's a good friend of mine, once upon a time. You must be very excited and proud of him. He'll be there showing his new book to all the people, telling us of his inspirations, something I'm excited to see. Well, you're looking at one of his inspirations. Oh, what a treat! Yeah. Um, and he, Here's uh, another treat, and I hand him one of the sheets. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he grabs it, and he's, he's got like this huge smile on his face that he's been wearing the whole time, and as he starts reading over it, why would you say these things about Lander? Because I helped him write most of the book, and he won't give me any credit for it. What a baby back bitch. Surely you know the pain of helping create something that special and being cut out of it. As have we all, but to talk so poorly of someone so important. It's the whole reason I've come here. I hope that these things aren't... Do you think a person's important outweighs truth? No, I suppose not. There you go. I think it's important that people I'll take know what, what you've given reading. me into consideration. Yeah. Well, he, he presents these things as fact, and while well-written, about half of them are fiction. I just think people deserve to know that. Perhaps I'll see you in town. Maybe you'll have changed your mind about a few things, or maybe I'll have changed my mind about the truth. Perhaps. Does Davian, what is Davian wearing? Does he have stuff on him? Uh, he has a, he has really colorful uh, cloth clothing, a lot of rich blacks, but uh, some bright greens and reds kind of off of him. He has beads hanging off of both of these giant like djembe drums. One he's got like strapped to his back, the other at his side, and he kind of plays them at the same time. And like they just kind of bring out this rich uh, sound. He does have a satchel that's kind of hanging down on his other side where the djembe isn't at. Um, and his hair is kind of pulled up with this, uh, into that big bun of those dreadlocks with this really intricate, brightly colored cloth. I want to try to take his satchel without him. You're going to try to take it off his shoulder? His oh, I, thought it was like, I thought it was like on. No, no, no. It's like, yeah, it's like a, it's like slung across his shoulder. That'd be like magic. Insight! It will be a, se- uh, a 17. Yeah, with a 17, you think that... 18? 18. 18. With an 18, you think that Davian is, uh, he means well, and he just seems to be trying to talk, um, which mm-hmm. is very characteristic of a bard, mm-hmm. uh, to come up and play and to talk. You all would also know that it is uh, considered common courtesy if they play for you to pay them normally, especially if they come up to you on the road. Um, he does he does give you bardic inspiration, mm-hmm. by the way, as he's talking and playing. It, it's a bardic inspiration. It's like, like, say, it's I like Apple too. putting that YouTube album on your phone. Like, we didn't ask for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we didn't need that. Um, yeah, he doesn't, he, doesn't ask, he doesn't ask to be paid, but uh, it is common Tips courtesy. Common. To, yeah. Uh, yeah. Davian, where are you staying in town? Do you have plans? The Midsummer Festival's happening. I plan to play and uh, earn my keep there in town. Allow me to recommend the Kettle of Many Things. I'll keep it in mind. And if Speech I mention your name... Am, tell her that Callista sent you. She'll have a place for you, and I hope we'll get to perform together while you're in town. I'll make sure that I do. Indeed. I'm the headliner on that stage. You're always welcome there. Oh, and, uh, and you see him, he goes... Perhaps I'll see you there. And he winks and uh, he kind of takes off down the road. And as he does, he does like lightly play one of his drums. And like their beads on the back, you notice are actually like bells. And as he runs, they kind of just like jingling. I shout after him, thanks for the song. Uh, yeah, and he just hits his drums a few times really hard as he kind of takes off into the distance. That got super noisy. Wasn't <laughs> <laughs> he great? Um, but yeah, you guys are you guys are sitting on uh, this road headed back towards Raven's Bluff, well past midday on the first day. The mountains that you all are coming down from are slowly becoming populated with forest once more. While there was forest around Kaggert, it was sparse and it was like really rocky terrain. But the forest is kind of starting to come back in, and especially as you're getting closer to that water, you can start to feel the humidity coming up from the sea. The river certainly. Cr- 
creates a little bit. You can hear those waters rushing by and the birds singing out. And unlike your journey to Kagerts, there's no storm clouds looming just above the mountains this entire time. The sky is bright blue, cloudless, and the sun is just beating down on all of you all day. But your day goes by uneventfully. You guys can choose to journey through the night or you can try to set up camp. I want to talk to my party, bitches. Are you riding, you're riding your buffalo also? Yeah. Okay. Is it getting is it daytime? Bitch. <laughs> is it daytime Patches still? Party, yeah, it's still daytime. <laughs> okay. The sun is like the sun's starting to kind of lower in the sky, but it's still daytime. Mm-hmm. So they were talking about that dragon Ragnarok. So do we need to be asking these town peoples if they know where the, the near uh, dragon dwellings might be so we can nip that shit in the bud? So we all live here, and if there were known dragon dwellings nearby, we'd probably know. But there might be this is some home. place nearby that somebody knows of that isn't exactly here. Know. Some traveler. <sighs> I do not want to just wander into a dragon slayer. Yeah. We need yeah. a lot more I also don't want to way talk more to fun. people. Uh, I can go to the library and look for stuff. <laughs> I just feel like we need to find a central thesis of our I, new party's quest. I feel like more will come on that. Um, we can ask around. We can definitely I ask around. I actually, um, do you guys want to camp? You can ask around like after to... we kill Lander, right? <laughs> you guys don't even try to do it. You just walk in and stab him in the fucking heart. Let's camp and talk about that a little bit, Yeah. As far as setting up camp, the road is very populated. Everyone heading to this Midsummer Festival. When you all left, you knew that they were setting up for it. And it seems over the course of three days that everybody's starting to make their way there, especially entertainers, and you're seeing other adventures on the road. Many camps are set up along the side of the road, so it seems like it's safe to stay here. Um, and now you can see many fires kind of dotting the road, like mm-hmm. far into the distance, just small lights. And you can see where wagons have pulled over for merchants and maybe entertainers that are going to I this. I sure do. <laughs> Find us a nice patch of Are we still in the woods or are we... You know? Well, you're on the road, but you can like, there's a river that you're following basically mm-hmm. all the way back to Raven's Bluff. And so you could, in between the road and the river, there's it's quite the a bit of space and forest. Right. Earlier. So you could camp in there. And this time it's not muddy and horrible, so... Yeah, you make a very cozy little place. You get you find a nice place with soft dirt. Nobody's sleeping on rocks, poking into their backs. Buffalo has plenty of grass to graze I'd on. Like to, he'll scare off thieves. I'd like to pull out my lute and sing the buffalo a lullaby. Go ahead. It goes a little something like this. Sleep little buffalo, don't say words. I just cleaned up one of your 12-pound turds. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and he's like, <laughs> and then he, yeah, then he lays Looks down. Looks like this song's getting a sequel. <laughs> Second verse, same as the first. Everybody sing with me. Calista <laughs> <laughs> plays along and writes down the lyrics on it, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, so with the sound of, if you guys don't want to do anything else, uh, with the sound of the yeah. river, you all are able to sleep pretty okay. soundly tonight. I wanted to actually tonight. talk before Yeah, 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 yeah. The sound of the river is soothing, but uh, mm-hmm. you have camp set up, your yep. bed rolls are out. Um, so guys, how much have I told you about um, Lander? A little. I don't know. I yeah. haven't listened a lot. I look up my book, I'm like, what? You're going to be helpful. So... I was in a relationship with Lander for a while. Yeah. As Cashes would probably remember. This is a little while back. Um, helped him write most of the book, because I'll be real, I'm pretty good. Um, I know which parts are made up because I made up a lot of them myself to help him, not realizing he was going to publish them as fact. 
Um, and when it came time to publish, um, I suggested that perhaps he could credit me with at least helping him author this book that I wrote at least half of, and he just uh, laughed and left. So, men. yeah, right? I mean, men. asshole men. There are some that aren't, I'm sure, somewhere. Anyway, I'm a little upset with him. I might have lashed out at him from stage the following day in the, uh, in the kettle. Um, <laughs> it happens. Yeah, I, uh, I played a little song um, about all the parts that were fake and made a lot of fun of him and got a lot of laughs about it and it was fabulous. Might have accidentally cast a little dissonant whisper on him and sort of had him bleeding from his ears before he left. <laughs> and I haven't seen him since, so clearly he's going to be in town. And this is what's important. Yes, I'm pissed as hell at him. I know I can't convince the world that the book is wrong. I'm just... I plan to slowly spread the seeds. You saw my sheet this morning and the one I just handed our friend. I don't want to necessarily get in a direct confrontation with him in the middle of things, though if it comes to it, I probably will because I have very little self-control where that's concerned. But here's the long-term goal. The most important thing you guys can do for me is to not tell him a single iota of detail about what we just did. Got it. None of the story. He can have not a word, not a breath. It is ours. And when I write it and I publish it and it becomes the next great epic, you will be credited as the ones who actually had the adventure. And will laugh in his face. Exactly. That's the so idea. So do you think... But he cannot have any of this story. Yeah. If you tell him anything about our story, I will kill you myself. Fair I enough. just want to be clear. Why don't we just kill him? Do you think lots of people, once we get into town, will recognize you and remember this whole incident? Do you think he will have... Those who were there that night, I'm honestly not sure how far the rumor spread about it. Probably sure. a good portion of the regulars in town will know, because I'm, I'm known, he's known. Well, a lot of people him. were there that night. Um, Who's going to remember a dragon lady singing songs and casting spells? I know, it's like really <laughs> weird, right? <laughs> Just a Friday night. Yeah. I mean, most of them have seen me perform before, and I've made fun of other people, though not as viciously. Um, and most of them that saw it know at least the basics of what our relationship was. So I don't think they'll think much of it. Um, I don't know if they're going to give Lander a hard time. I don't mind if they do. That'll be fine with me. Um, but yeah, I just wanted you guys to know what's going on there, and if you have to restrain me later so I don't stab him in his eye. You know, I think I was in the saloon that night. Did that song go like, and I'm here to remind you no. of the mess you left when you went away. <laughs> I hate that bard. <laughs> Writing about her comedian boyfriend and how she used to go down in the theaters. Tacky. Anyway. That's kind of catchy. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, let's go to sleep. Think about that's your response. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. Fuck your story. Good story. Good night. That being said, okay. I want to I want to play for you guys, and I don't have this prepared to actually perform, but I want to play for them like sort of the basic outline of what I've written about our adventure so far. Cool. So here it is, okay, like thanks. a lullaby yeah. to go to sleep. Yeah. So with the the rivers kind of rushing by and the campfires crackling and her dulcimers just kind of playing as you all drift off into sleep. Buffalo, the first of all of you to pass out um, in this kind of serene setting. 
And after all of the trouble that you guys have been in over the past couple of days and all the storms you've been caught in, it's kind of nice being back out on the road, I'm sure, having this tiefling bard play a nice little lullaby for all of you as you fall asleep under we the stars. We just had a whole day where we didn't almost die. Uh, and the cool winds <laughs> kind of finally come down off of those mountains as you all are going to bed um, to kind of get rid of some of that heat. But uh, yeah, the night is going to go by uneventfully. There's so many people kind of camping on the road that like really nothing is bothering anybody at this point. If there was anything, it would certainly probably avoid any of this. Um, After Patches falls asleep, I take his click and a little tighter around. Aww. <laughs> so sweet. Because <laughs> I feel bad about the mutton chops yeah. comment earlier. <laughs> sweet little baby face Patches. Yeah. Aww. Pinch his little cheeks. Not hard enough to wake him. Yeah. Not hard enough to where he knows that you're thinking about the mutton chops either. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I briefly outline a mutton chop. <laughs> he smiles. <laughs> he likes it. You just like, make some out of mud and put them on his face. Whisper patches in my mind. You always have mutton chops. Then I go to bed. Bless his heart. <laughs> um, yeah. So you guys. Is that why they call him oh. patches? Sorry. <laughs> talking shit about patches while I was getting a beer. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you all wake up to the song of the birds, um, the sun coming back up, that heat kind of pouring back in. Do you guys want to do anything before you kind yeah, of I'm, hit the road? I'm James and do identify a spell, which I just learned. Can I see that spoon you have? Oh. I mean, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the episode that you guys leveled up to level two. Yeah. I totally forgot to mention that. So We're congratulations. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of new power coursing through my blood. We have double digit health. <laughs> I'd like to shave the I'm buffalo. Sneakier. <laughs> cool. Well, then while everyone's getting ready, I'm going to do my identify spell that is a ritual, and I'm going to... Uh, Identify the spoon. As you guys are all rolling up your bedrolls, um, you see Arwold just sit down and he's starting to draw these intricate shapes in the dirt and the grass. And as they begin to connect, and as he draws more of them, this kind of hum becomes louder and louder over the course of, it's 10 minutes, right? Yeah. Over the course of the 10 minutes, it- with a little, just to see. Oh yeah, you're playing a little yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're playing your dulcimer a bit, and uh, these runes are beginning to glow and hum. And as they do, you place uh, this thread, this spoon and thread in the middle of the circle, um, and it kind of just stops after the ten minutes. And this new knowledge flows into you, and you understand uh, this item is enchanted with a young female goblin's love. Oh. And nothing more. No. You have to fall in love with, with the goblin. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it back. Yeah. It's just a bent up spoon it's on a string. Whatever, I love it. Good. You should. It's all she had. That adorable little goblin looks like. I did, uh, just fidgeting with my fire starter. Damn, twisted fire starter. So you all figure out um, the, uh, what magic lies within the spoon and string and uh, as you're rolling up your bedrolls <laughs> the and, magic of love yeah, yeah. love is the ultimate magic <laughs> though and that's the whole theme of the campaign yeah. so you guys get back on the road and as you start heading toward Raven's Bluff maybe you didn't notice it because it was dark the night before or maybe it didn't start until last night but just a little bit past Raven's Bluff you can see a steady plume of black smoke yeah. rising to the sky and it goes incredibly high into it. It doesn't seem to dissipate in the clouds. Like if you look up as far back as your head can actually tilt, it just seems to keep going up into it. And you can tell it's just kind of lazily drifting back and forth, uh, just like smoke would. But you can kind of see it clearly. Maybe we'll be able to loot the town. From the town. Do you know anything about smoke? I'm going to rob Raven's Bluff. <laughs> it doesn't look terribly important to me. Let's go kill a dragon. Just kidding. 
Uh, I don't know. I want to roll to see if I... Nature! Yeah. 18. Does it look like some sort of signal or some sort of um, explosion? You see this and you would know immediately there's something unnatural about it because smoke should dissipate as it enters the atmosphere. And I mean, just the further away it gets from its source, the wider it gets. And this just seems like a consistent line almost, like someone drew it up into the sky. Um, it's pitch black all the way up. Like that color never really fades. You would know that a natural fire would not cause this. And it, like just the height that it has, there's, everything about it is really strange. And as you're studying it, you just get like a bad feeling in your stomach about it. Do I know how far away it is? Uh, that's a pretty high roll. So yeah, you know it's past Raven's Bluff. It doesn't look like it's coming from in Raven's Bluff, mm -hmm. uh, but maybe from out on the oh, water past the it. Water. On the water, yeah, out on the water past it, or maybe like the land even past that. Okay. Yeah, but it's not coming from Raven's Bluff a bit further. It's it seems like, like. yeah. Okay. I think we get the cluster fuck over there and check out that shit. It does not look cute. Let's get to town and find out if anybody knows anything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you're you're all sitting there talking and you hear a laugh from behind you. A big guffaw. <laughs> what kind of adventurers are you? You have no idea what plume is even rising from Raven's Bluff? What are you doing on the road heading back there? I don't know. You all turn and there's a group of four. There's a there's a human male, there is an elven female, there is a half-orc male, and there is a human female. They all stand and they are adorned with beautiful equipment. Obviously adventurers and like gaudy if nothing else. It's like a little over the top, you know? The one laughing at you is an enormous man who has wolf fur all over this intricate half-breast armor. And he's just like hitting his knees and laughing at all of you. Who are all of you? What are you doing on the road? Dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I just stared at him dispassionately and then just turned around and walked off. I would like to roll intimidation and I would <laughs> no, like to say very calmly, I'm just gonna say very calmly, you will speak to us with respect. 19? Intimidation? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, he's obviously like taken aback by this. So is Callista. And yeah, uh, <laughs> like he stops and like whether he's frightened of you or just like caught off guard, he just kind of stops and his laughter quits immediately and he just kind of grimaces at you. There is another one who's dressed, the female elf is dressed really similarly to Patches. She has daggers kind of all up, uh, the dark leathers that line her pants. She steps forward. You're not joking. No, we were away on a very important mission, and we're just now getting back. No details. Adventurers are coming from all around to investigate the plume. You've not heard of the price that the king and the Council of Lords has put upon it? We've not. We've of been, course we have. We've deception. been underground for a couple of days. <laughs> Do tell. Uh, what's going on? Then, uh, Obviously, guy, we're no threat to your uh, claim on it. The, the big man with the wolf pelts under, under his breath, you can just hear him go, some adventurers. Uh, he kind of turns his body. Brave, away. brave warrior. We can't <laughs> all be as accomplished as you are. Would you grace us with your knowledge so that we can one day aspire to be even half as mighty as you are? I have to turn around and She's hide my rolling you eyes. <laughs> A half orc actually steps forward from the crowd. I wouldn't worry about it if I was you all. With those items, with that armor, I don't imagine you'd stand a chance. I've heard the Council of Lords ascend in their best. All of them have come back wounded, blind. No one knows what it is. Oh That's no, there's hear. no way we're fighting it, but I love a good story. What is it? Hmm. That's why we've come. Why didn't you guys bring an adventuring buffalo? You, you <laughs> do notice, he does walk over and he is inspecting buffalo and the half-orc just says, only impressive thing you all have on you. Hell yeah. Hmm. Well, you do well to stay out of the way of the hellhounds. We're not looking for rivals and we're looking to make the money off of this, so. Oh, you're you be, the hellhounds? Of course. 
Can I have your story? Our story is ours to tell. We don't know you and it doesn't look like any of you could even handle the stories we have to tell. And you notice that all of their armor is like a little matchy-matchy. They have like red and black on a lot of their armor and they have a pin that's keeping a pelt or a cloak or whatever it is they're wearing and it has uh, two what look like dog heads with fire coming out of both ends of their mouths. Um, but their also armor is, one. yeah. If, <laughs> if nothing else, it's intricate, and it's obvious that it costs them much money. The only one who hasn't really been speaking is a female human, and she's kind of stayed back. She wears only cloth clothing. She wears sandals that go all the way up her legs. She has beads around her wrists, and she sits with her hands clasped in front of her. She hasn't said a word. She's just kind of watching the entire interaction. I turn around and realize everyone had stopped to talk. <laughs> And I, you're like half, you're like half a mile up the road. And I kind of come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Arwell comes like bobbing back. His, he's, he's just like got his bun up and everything. The one who is apparently a barbarian with his wolf pelts and his giant axe on his back just says, you do well to stay out of our way. We're not okay. in your way. So we were and just we having a conversation. <laughs> There's and literally you started laughing at us and taunting us. But you want us to stay out of your way. I get that. I do. Yeah. I'm sure that we were inconveniencing you wildly by standing here having a conversation. <laughs> and now you don't even want to tell us what your awesome story is. You like takes. Don't a tell heavy me you're going to give it to Lander. <laughs> he takes a heavy step forward. He just says, "We've gotten along this long without a bard. We don't need one now." And then uh, the I want to be your bard. <laughs> I just want to know what you're up to. You know how we don't know your name because you don't have a bard. The That's the quiet woman who's standing behind him, she releases the grasp of her hands and puts one on his shoulder, and she just says, Everd, shut your mouth. Yeah, listen and, to her. She's got some sense. Uh, and he just kind of backs down a bit, and he's like, you'd be lucky to join us if we'd let you, which we wouldn't. And he kind of just like storms off up the road. Strange definition of luck. <laughs> So uh, that's Everd. The rest of you, what are your names? You seem more reasonable. The the female elf keeps quiet, and the half orc still like looking at Buffalo, like inspecting him. He's like pulling his mouth up and looking inside of his mouth at his teeth and stuff, lifting his tail and looking like underneath I'm, it. I'm like looking with him, <laughs> enjoying it. He really quickly, kind of as a second thought, just says Scrag, and then uh, the woman who is standing in like the really plain clothing says Neferti is my name. Do you know when this plume of smoke started appearing? Three days passed, so we've been told. Is that when we left? Does but, anyone um, know what it is? Or is it just a mystery of even getting out there and finding out? We're, this is our hometown. We're, we're concerned. We've just been away for a few days. While I wish you well, I'm afraid I must side with Everett on this one. We're here to make the gold on this, not to share. Seriously, y'all are the most untrusting people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Where are you guys from? We just from? want to know what we're well, walking into. It's uh, our home. Well, then, perhaps you have friends who will talk to you, but I'll part from you with this bit of information. We're not the only adventuring group coming in here. People from all over the region are coming in to try and solve this. The Council of Lords has promised a hill of gold to anyone who can solve it, so okay. you'll understand if we keep to ourselves about what we know. Well, we're so shitty, apparently. We're not a threat, so... Can you at least tell me what the Council said to get everybody to come here? She hands you a flyer. Okay. And, uh, this is the, seriously all I'm looking for. And with that, uh, yeah, she says, with that, we'll take our leave. Nice to meet you. Before the, what is the, what is, what is the, um, the female elf wearing? 
She has dark leather armor from head to toe. Her head's kind of, her face is completely covered, even in the sweltering heat. All of the leather bands that she has around her are lined with red, and you can just see her ears poking through it and her sharp eyes. But she has daggers all the way down her side, and she has pouches that look like they'd be very hard to get into on both of her hips. Does she have a bow? Uh, she does not have a bow. Are you gonna steal some arrows? No. <laughs> not necessarily. I was hoping she had a really cool, possibly magic bow, since they're such badasses, apparently. Well, their um, stuff looked like it wasn't worn very yeah, well, right? Yeah, like, well, it's just, they'd never seen I feel like they just combat. They've never fought a dragon, all yeah. right? You could, I mean, you could roll for it if you want to. Yeah, I would like mm -hmm. to, to look closer. But are be... they walking away? Or... Not just yet. Okay. Would that be um, perception or investigation? Perception. I want to like, try to, like, take one of her daggers. Okay. 14. With a 14, you think that these are barely worn. They look yeah. almost brand new. Yeah. Everything that they have, new. everything they have looks almost brand no new. No dirt on their shoes. I do want to say, Nathardi, thank um, you very much for this bit of information that's very helpful. Um, I do want to say that you all, if you need a place to stay, are welcome at the Kettle of Many Things, one of the better inns in town. Let Madame know that Callista sent you. And if you do choose to stay there, I promise not to provoke Evard too much. Yeah, she looks over at you and she bows her head. We'd be honored to have some as fine as yourself. Uh, yeah, at you saying you don't want to invoke Evard too much, she just says, it doesn't take much. Uh, it's a 24 <laughs> for sleight of hand. I wanted like her like nicest like fucking shiniest dagger. I'm gonna take it. She has no idea. Like you, you're talking to her, and like not only are you sneaky, your teammates all are starting to get used to. And none of them even look at you to see what you're doing, uh, knowing that it might draw drawing attention. Drawing on the back of one of my sheets a map of how to get to the end for her. And oh, okay, it out yeah, so yeah. yeah. And you just you just <laughs> slip a dagger out, and as you do, you notice that the hilt actually does have a gemstone in it. You're able to get her like what looks like her nicest dagger, and as you, yeah, you just like really carefully slip it out, and you just put it in your sheath Fuck instead. Yeah, I do. So yeah, uh, you have it has. A green gem in its hilt, uh, so you may want to write that down because that okay. might be important at some point. As Patches walks away with it, I just catch his eye and we can. <laughs> yeah, with that, Neferi just says "scrag," and he just kind of like drops the piece of fur he's holding of the buffalo and the hoof that he has in his other hand, and he just starts walking down the road back toward Everd. Oh, I am so tired of people talking down to me. I don't know why we're talking to them. Yeah. Did he do anything <laughs> weird to my buffalo? Roll to investigate my buffalo. Do it was yeah, I do that too. Well, you have the twelve. I mean, you know your buffalo pretty well. You think that he was probably a ranger, and he was just inspecting it. Like it's a, it's pretty, it's a pretty strange creature to see, especially a tame one. So you think that he was probably just inspecting it, like looking at the hooves and the mouth and seeing how it reacted and stuff. It is kind of a unique character to see in a D and D campaign. <laughs> Yeah. Wow! As Scrag so is leaving, he's like, he says, "What's D and D?" <laughs> but yeah, they they, they kind of make their leave. The elf that's in all of the dark leather doesn't seem to notice her dagger has gone missing. Everd has kind of pushed on way past them, and then in the back, Neferi and Scrag are kind of just holding up the rear, and he keeps looking over his shoulder to all of you that half orc, and he is wearing these kind of earthen tones, and he has a bow kind of across his back, a long one, and two short swords at his side. But he just kind of keeps looking back at you all. Most at Buffalo. He just brightens everybody's little, god, little old goddamn day. <laughs> I'd like to read my flyer. What does it say? Yeah, it, it says Raven's Bluff, calling all adventurers. Seek audience with the Council of Lords to solve the mystery of the Black Plume. Rewarded healthily, all are accepted. You had that spell where you could find out about magical things. Do you think something like that would work? Or they probably already thought about that. 
Maybe we should talk to this. Maybe an adventurer's ad skilled hasn't tried it yet. I don't know. I've been living in the woods for like 30 goddamn years. Do we want to investigate this? This is kind of cool. Um, it seems like a good I'm story. I want to buy some things. I'm curious about the story. I know you want to As soon as we get to town, here's my idea. You can go shopping. Thank you. I need to go check oh. in the kettle. I need to talk to Madame and work my connections and see if I can find out what's really going on here. If we can find out any more information. And we'll see. Cool, cool. We might know more than yeah. I'll they go do. to the library and see if I can find anything out about dragons. Please. That'll be great. Okay. So you guys are going to continue to Raven's Bluff? Yeah. Cool. The hustle and bustle of Raven's Bluff can be heard long before you arrive at its gates. The sun is beginning to set, and as it does, the bustling port town, it's obvious as you see this light kind of washing over as the sun is setting, why people also call it the living city. It's certainly living up to its name, especially right now. You can see the walls built around the bottommost part of the earth spur mountains that you all are used to and that you call home. Where the mountains kind of end, they have these walls built around it, and the town kind of stretches down into the ports from there. The main castle, where the Council of Lords sits, which you guys would know is like the political ruling party of Raven's Bluff, is found in a castle right up against the mountains in the back of Raven's bluff on this wall. You can see the town sprawl out toward the mouth of the river that connects with the Dragon's Reach from the Fire River that you all followed here. The bustling port looks lively, even from a distance. A single enormous tower sits out on the water well past the ports. The Midsummer Festival has the town busier and more colorful than ever. But that slow rising black plume of pitch black smoke coming from somewhere just past the city out on the water is a sharp contrast to the otherwise jovial atmosphere that's kind of going on here. Creepy. It's coming from the water? It seems like it. It seems like it's coming from the middle of uh, the Dragon's Reach. I would probably know, just from being a local, like at what point in the celebration of the festival we're at here and what festivities are... Yeah, yeah, you all, you would know that. Roll history with advantage. Oh, Patches, I'm also going to give you inspiration for taking her dagger. So that's this. <laughs> for being a shasty little piece. That's a 19. Okay, yeah, with a 19, you would know that it is actually just now starting. Okay. You can tell by a few things. The tents have been raised, but you know that there are rides that get set up, much like a carnival. And I'll, I'll just tell you a little bit about it. With like, yeah, with a with a with a roll that high, I'll just let you know a little bit about it. Though there are some big troops that come in, like an entire circus maybe, or a group of entertainers, most of the people who actually come to the Midsummer Festival who set up tents are vendors and entertainers that are singular entities. They don't come with a group. A lot of them have like their own wagons and they come in and they'll try to sell things or they'll have like really strange shows. And this can be like really incredible actually because Raven's Bluff is uh, a city of magic and so it attracts a lot of really interesting vendors and a lot of really interesting entertainers. So this and would be like a really busy time at this the is, kettle for sure. Yes. I'd be trying to make my show This is like the peak of the tourist season yeah. for Raven's Bluff. This draws a huge crowd of people from the outside. You guys will all actually be able to get into the city gates really easily. All of you live here except for Guy, but also they're just like pretty much letting anybody in right now. There's no checks at the gates or anything. As long as it's daytime, the gates are just wide open and they're just letting people come in and out. And as you do come in, there's a huge melting pot of people and they're flooding the streets of Raven's Bluff. You can hear entertainers calling things out like, unlike you've ever seen. And you can hear, no woman has ever dared to handle a monstrosity of this nature. And it's all just like coming 
coming from these tents and these wagons and people are like coaxing you all over. Uh, they have all of these like wares to sell. Done that for the last year. I was that woman. Hi guys. The vendors are the vendors are selling their wares loudly as you all pass by. Um, some offer foreign delicacies like foods. Others claim to have unique items that can't be found anywhere else. Uh, as you're walking through these streets, they're packed and you can smell the food. Everyone who has lived here, which is, I believe everybody but Guy. No, you two didn't live yeah, there. Yeah. Callista and Patches here, would both know that this is actually pretty slow. Like though the streets are pretty packed, it like it kind of seems sparse compared to the past. Usually. Like you can walk through the street. Mm-hmm. It's pretty yeah, impressive. It's usually like, yeah, 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 yeah. Normally it's like you get a spot and that's where you are all day. As you are walking through the street, you all yeah, like people are shouting out to all of you. There is a half orc with an eye patch and he's sitting in a tank. <laughs> And he shouts to Callista, and he just says, uh, you, uh, I bet you think you just walk through the city looking like that, nobody's gonna say anything, huh? Looking ugly as sin, ugly as a nine hells. <laughs> I was gonna be disappointed if you didn't call out to me, friend. Like, he's like, Is he in a duck tank? Yes, he's like, uh-huh. does that make you angry? You don't like that, I bet. One copper piece and you can soak me all you like. If you can hit this target, that is. Friend, you're in the same business I am. You can't get to me like that. You're in the Duncan business? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the taunting business. Dengar Grunt wouldn't be sunk by the likes of you anyway. You look too weak, too puny. Keep walking. You're too good at what you do. I couldn't wet one such as yourself. That's a strange thing to say, young lady. I'm gonna you fire. should watch your mouth. I'm going to fire Never. an arrow directly into the duck tank thing. <laughs> Attack roll, 16. Yeah, with the 16, a guy just is... Would they like a it's buffalo in the town? Yeah, I'm just riding through. Yeah, there are horses in town. It's like a festival. It's yeah. fine. He's talking in mid one. He, he's about, he's like telling you to watch your mouth, and you just see an arrow like right into the thing, and he falls. And as he's falling, you hear him like, that's a copper piece. <laughs> like he plunges into the water, and he comes up, and he's like, you owe me a copper piece. I sling it into his tank. Yeah, he catches it, and he like, uh, well, hang on. He does catch it, and he like <laughs> bites onto it to see if it's real, and he's like, thank you much, sir, and like goes up to this uh, ceramic pot he has and drops it into it, and you can hear just kind of like, Blink. it sounds pretty empty. You can hear like, yeah. cool. Good thing I grabbed those copper pieces on the way out of the dragon den. And it's shot back. Also, that's where I have friends. She thinks I'm her and, and he's like, Dengar has friends. <laughs> sure thing, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> and you, nobody's and, working your booth with Yeah, you. and everybody's just kind of calling out to you all as you're walking by. He's, he's like selected you specifically, mm-hmm. but uh, you all do see a little female gnome. She has green eyes and red hair that's kind of braided around her head. And she calls out to all of you and she's just like, I have wares for sale. Things like you've never seen before. I'll sell them to you specifically. Something I think you could use, my friend. She points to Guy. I say as I'm grabbing my arrow out of the thing and putting it back <laughs> in my holster. What? What you got, baby? Oh, these. I think you'll like these. And her, her green eyes kind of light up at you giving her that attention. She reaches down into a satchel and pulls out these leather bracers. And she holds them out to you. She says, uh, shepherd's bracers, I call them. It seems like you're handling that animal pretty well, but have you ever thought about having to handle another one? These will help you out a great deal. What do you want for them? Uh, the low price of 600 gold pieces, and they're yours. I ain't got that shit. I'm wearing, like, moccasins. <laughs> I, I on made a these shoes myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a matted hair of a buffalo. <laughs> Yeah. Perhaps your friends, uh, it seems like you're all uh, an adventuring crew, would know it could benefit all of you. You could I, also I've win. literally already ran off. No, that's right. Nice. Bye, guys. And like, yeah. 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 I've got shit to buy. 
Do you sell arrows? Yes, yes, of course. She goes to her bag, she puts the bracers back, and she's like, don't forget, friend, shepherd's bracers. You could use them, I promise. Can you tell me what the shepherd's braces do? Other than fix your teeth. They'll increase your chances when you're trying to tame a wild animal, a feral animal, or, or tame some kind of beast. I sure do love to touch strange animals. For the price of 600 gold pieces, you'll do it all the better. Well, when I kill about 40 dragons, I'll <laughs> You have as many arrows as you can hold. I can sell you 10 for one gold piece. And you can have as many as you like. I would love to buy, I'm gonna buy 400 arrows. <laughs> Are you serious? For 40 gold, right? Yeah. You can't, you can't carry that many. <laughs> I'm gonna drag them behind me. I can carry them. I have like a fucking, We're you know, gonna like a square strap them to the buffalo. Speaking of a bag of holding, you're going to need something to hold these in. I can sell you a bag of holding for 1,500 gold pieces. So Someday. Good. Yes, You please. could if we had that much gold. One day we will buy I have a, a lot of holding. trinkets that would do well with a bag of holding. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to propose that we well, name this. How many are you buying for real? 400? I would like to buy 400. I mean, we can both use them. So I'm going to. I don't know where you're going to put them. We're going to strap them on the buffalo. Is that Is cool? that going to weigh down the buffalo a lot? It's only 400 arrows. Yeah, Why don't you just buy like I'll, 100? Okay. All right. I'll buy, like 100. I'll buy 100. Okay. So you buy 100 arrows for 10 gold pieces, which is still insane. <laughs> I can't believe she has it. It's just like a wandering person with that many yeah, stuff on Can you her. imagine yeah. that thing coming through town? <laughs> Does she have a cart? It's just a cart full oh, of yeah. arrows. Yeah, she must have a cart, else. right? Who's this little girl? Oh, there's no? Yeah. She's not, well, she's I don't not have to worry about it. Okay. I don't want to have to worry about, you know. She doesn't, I mean, she's not going to give you guys a cart to take these away in. Yeah. No, she, I mean, where does she have all this? Does she have a cart? Oh, she has, I mean, her. she has a wagon, and she's oh, like, okay. yeah, she has all kinds of items all over, like, all inside of her wagon. I'm not there anyway. I hold up, also, I hold up a <laughs> dragon <laughs> scale, and I say, how much is this worth? Without even taking it from you, she says, about 400 arrows. No. <laughs> she holds her hand out to take it from you. No. She's like, I can't tell you how much it's worth if you won't let me hold it. What is it? It's a dragon scale. It's a blue dragon scale. It's pretty small for a dragon scale. It was a pretty small, small dragon. dragon. Let me see it. No. Mm, without inspecting it, if it's truly a dragon scale, assuming it's a baby's, I could give you maybe 20 gold pieces for yeah. it. Do you know any people around here? You're from here too, right? We know everybody. I'm from all over, Do you but know I've lived, that, been here before. There are a lot of so did you buy 100 arrows? Right now. Well, people arrows, that could, yes. what I'm talking you about is like, that we would trust to actually appraise these things. Exactly, yeah. That's it's just too many points. I started with more. Okay. Appraise. But still, it's just 10 gold. Yeah, yeah right. 10 gold, yeah. Yeah, Patches, hold on to that um, dragon scale along with the rest. I'm sure that Madame can hook us up <clears> with somebody <throat> who can give us a fair estimate. Okay. Someone we know. Someone a little more magical. Later on, I'm going to try. Uh, and by the way, you can, like, there are vendors everywhere. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm yeah. going to just ask where I need to. I need charcoal, incense, and herbs. So she introduces herself as uh, Grace Flintsteel once you finally make the sale. Uh, my name's Grace Flintsteel. You need anything? I've got it. I'll give it to you for cheaper than anyone else can offer. You come back to me if you need anything, okay? Sounds good, Grace. Thanks. Yeah, and she looks She looks at Patches over and uh, just says, I like the way you dress. And Thank you. Uh, she takes the gold and like runs <laughs> up into her wagon and you can hear like some things moving around and then she kind of shuts the door back behind her and comes back down and she's sitting in the chair in front of it once more. 
Yeah, so you are able to find a, like a magic salesman with this wagon full of these like intricate items, and uh, you can like the the magic salesmen are much more obvious because there's always something kind of floating around them, like lights or items or something. But you do you walk up and you see an a half-elf with white hair and grayed eyes dressed in dark purples. He has not a wagon, but just a small bag sitting beside him. You can see slow lights, almost like dust that's colored and bright, kind of floating around him. And uh, as, you, as you walk by, he looks up and just slowly says, what are you buying, friend? I need charcoal, incense, and herbs. Perhaps I can interest you in something else. I need that first. Yeah, no, he, yeah, yeah, he reaches, he reaches into his bag, he reaches into his bag, and without even looking, he comes up. I can't wait to try this move. <laughs> without, uh, yeah, without even looking, he comes back up with exactly what you've asked for Thank out of you. this satchel that he has. And what do you do for a living, friend? I'm a professor. Uh, he looks you over, and I mean, you're still, like, bruised up from the fight, and you have, like, <laughs> slashes across you, your closer a little ripped. I even got hit um, one, And uh, he says... Lightning. Yeah, he's, he's, as he's looking you over, he just says, <laughs> Not that very much. Okay. A respectable trade. <laughs> uh, but with those legs, and no offense, friend, but it seems you could use a little bit of help moving around. I've got boots of long step. They could help you out. No, I'm okay. Thank you. Do you have any gadgets in there or any little technological gizmos? Uh, he reaches in and he pulls out a scabbard. And the scabbard is actually made of feathers all the way down. You can see like the leather and metal at the top, but all the way down it is made of all these like beautiful and intricate feathers. He says, uh, this will take the shape of any weapon you put inside of it, a feathered scabbard. Aside from taking the shape of any weapon that you have, it'll automatically cast Featherfall two times when it determines that you need it. I also have this Texas Instrument calculator. <laughs> solar, solar power. power. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just try to not take it, but like grab it to inspect it? Magic. Yeah, he'll ha- he he gladly hands it over to you. Cool. He seems pretty comfortable with his whole setup. In your hands, it's very soft. And what do you have as a weapon? You have a staff. Yeah, I have course staff. Um, yeah, so it turns like it goes from this long sword sheath, and it turns into these straps almost, and you know you could put it in the back and kind of like latch it in, like with these clasps. And the feathers are kind of just all the way down all these straps that this thing has. How much is this? For you, 300 gold pieces. I might come back. Thank you, and I hand it back to him. Yeah, and he takes it and just like really calmly puts it back in that bag and just says, you'll do well to come see me if you need anything. Thank you. Yeah, so as you all are sitting there, you guys are finishing this up, you see a ring master come over to all of you. As he walks up to you, he says, friends, I have something that I think you'd like to see. What is it? Doagar the Magnificent. One of the only men in all of the realms brave enough to face a creature of incredible danger and pure terror. I promise you've never seen anything like it. What is it? A beholder. Ah. We have one in a box on our stage. Our champion's about to fight it in front of all these people. Keeping a oh, beholder. Oh, fuck yeah. Is it, just a, is it just a dog with eyeballs taped to it? <laughs> 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 what the fuck is this? <laughs> Tickets are cheap, and I'm sure it's something you'd like to see. I kind of do want to see it. I want to see that Can shit. I? One silver piece, a piece, and you'll all see the most spectacular show you've ever seen in your lives. Can I break off from them? I want to. I have a special mission I want to do. I mean, if you don't want to watch the Beholder fight... Inside on this fucker! <clears throat> it's 12, 13. Yeah, I mean, he's like a carny dude. He's shady, period, shy. but... 
I mean, he's pretty excited, and there's already a pretty large crowd gap, like pouring into his tent. So, game, I flick him a piece of silver. Yeah, so he takes it and puts it in his pocket, and he rips off this strange piece of paper that's serrated, hands it to you, and on the piece of paper, it's just a pink slip of paper with an eyeball in the center of it. Okay. Uh, and he hands um, it to you. I don't have you. silver, but I have copper and gold. Uh, yeah, well, like, you'll have change. I'm gonna roll my eyes and go in because my friends are going. It's yeah. gonna be fun. So yeah, as you all walk in, uh, this thing kind of starts to fill up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you break the most off, excited I've been in a while. I have a special mission. I want to okay, so you're buying something else. But I also want to start making my way and see if I can find them. You would know where you left them off okay. at because they were still basically there. Yeah. So do you want to? Would you like to go to the Beholder Show? Yeah, I come running back. Yeah, I see him. A silver take, piece. Take, oh, hey, they're in line. Yeah, they're come, in line. Come see the, yeah. the holder with us. <laughs> and you see, yeah, a big orc in the back's like, yeah. no cutting. Or I give him oh, a silver. I've never I been. To, I've never yeah. been to the city or a fair before, <laughs> really. So I just like walk up and I hand somebody the little piece of paper. And I'm like. I'm here to see the beehole. <laughs> <laughs> the same man who sold you your tickets takes it from you. Seems like he's kind of running the whole show. He's dressed in. He's also the fighter and the beholder. <laughs> he does have like uh, he has a, a really cheesy top hat on that has like pinstripes up it, and he has like a penguin tailed tuxedo that's like also pinstriped. He has a cane that's like obviously fake gold and silver and he's just taking your tickets and as he does he just like waves you in and tells you to take their seats tink tink if you're gonna go then yeah. you I'll need to deduct a silver piece as well so the crowd like slowly pours into this place and they close they close the flaps to this tent as everyone's pouring in Adelaide has gone to do something else and as it closes these lights like magical lights come up you hear the same speech that he actually already gave you Dorgar the Magnificent one of the only men in all the realms and as he says this, a man walks out and his hands are up. He's in really nice, worn, full plate mail. And he has an enormous long sword. And he's just waving and the crowd kind of just goes crazy as he walks out and these lights are changing. Uh, he bows as he comes out and uh, the ringmaster puts his hand on him and says, uh, One of the only men in all the realms brave enough to face a creature of incredible danger and pure terror. And as he says this, two men carry this, like, huge iron crate out and they set it down and as they set this thing down everyone just kind of goes quiet and the ringleader walks over and he hits it and he says inside this chest is one of the most terrifying creatures known to mankind a beholder its intelligence insatiable greed incredible magic make it the most deadly foe in all the land when we release it fear not Rimdar, and as he says Rimdar, a, w- a guy dressed in like really atrocious wizard garb, like from a Disney movie, walks out. With a fake beard, um, like, yeah, man. Really, yeah, like actually. I'm very powerful. Uh, he'll create a shield to keep you safe. And he like pulls a wand from his sleeve and you can see like lights coming from it. And as he does, you all see this blue light actually kind of shroud the arena that this guy's standing in. And then uh, Doagar, the warrior, pulls the lid off and out of it comes a beholder. And it just like straight up into the air. And as soon as it does, you can see all of these rays of light just start shooting out immediately. And its maw opens really largely. Uh, Doagar has the shield in front of him and it seems like he's already kind of getting his ass handed to him like right off the bat as soon as this thing comes out. You see red, purple, blue, and black rays just hammering into this guy's shield. Um, The ringleader starts to describe those rays as this fight is happening. Like he's still just being this entertainer all the same, like this uh, announcer as this guy seems to be fighting for his life in this arena. The red rays coming from this beast can turn any man inside out. 
The purple rays can melt any metal in all the land. The blue rays will make you forget who you are, and the black rays will melt your skin from your bones. And just as he says this, one of the black rays hits this guy's shield and just like melts it down his arm. And as he's trying to get this thing up, it actually shoots off of it and it hits the shield that's around this arena. And it it seems like it dissipates uh, the shield that is around where this guy is fighting this beholder. And then Rimdar, that wizard, he screams, don't be afraid. And as soon as he does, a ray just kind of right through his chest. And he looks down at it and falls over in front of everyone. And the whole crowd just starts, <laughs> the whole crowd starts screaming. Like everyone's like freaking out and running toward the door. And then this thing is like shooting its rays into everybody. Can I do like a check into if this is like an illusion spell? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, do you have a spell that can do that? Is there like a, a check to see if... You could roll perception and see if you like notice anything. Okay. Yeah. Some guy back or behind the stage going... Like or something. Sure. This ray, yeah, this ray goes through this guy, and as soon as he does, he seems to disintegrate. Like his body kind of melts in front of you, and he's no longer standing there. Sorry, am I doing a perception it. check? Then, yeah. Or? Okay, so just twelve. You haven't noticed any other people in here or anyone else like casting spells or anything like that. As this as this wizard like melts in front of this crowd, everybody's like trampling each other to get out of this place. I rolled a nineteen for insight as a performer into what might actually um, be going on. There's definitely some amount of performance happening here. Okay. The warrior gets up and he just like plunges his sword into the back of this thing, and it like blood spurts out everywhere. I mean like everywhere. It like it's like a flood. It just comes out of this thing. It's like kill Bill. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. Really. And everyone turns. And starts to cheer and they're all like throwing money into the ring and he's like bowing to all of them and he picks this thing up and it just looks like a leather pouch almost and you can just see its maw hanging open and its eye has like rolled back into its head. The announcer, he mourns the loss of Rimdar. He says, Rimdar was an incredible wizard but he gave his life for this business and this show. Show him your gratitude by paying our warrior for saving your lives and like all of the silver and gold is just like uh, flowing into the ground. How many times a day do you guys kill that thing anyway? <laughs> he he's like this one only this time. The next one only one time as well, ma'am. So it'll be something else. Oh no, we uh we use this money to capture more beholders to put on more shows. Yeah, we endless supply of beholders. <laughs> we don't. That's why the tickets are so expensive, and that's why we appreciate tips. And everybody like looks at you, and they're like, "Oh, <laughs> everyone was really enjoying themselves." <laughs> I thought it was a pretty good show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, "Rimdar's daddy's fucking dead." And patches actually, as this crowd begins to clear, and Calista's is kind of heckling these people. Um, even though she's an entertainer and she's yeah, being real hateful. You notice that someone is actually frozen behind you uh, and that their hand is about halfway into your satchel and they're completely like paralyzed with their hand halfway into it. They're not moving or blinking and maybe not even breathing. What the fuck? What do they... What, is the, what does this person look like? He's, his skin is weathered. Um, he has scars across his chest. His clothes are ripped and mangy. But, I mean, his hand is, like, obviously in your satchel. But he's not moving. wonder if that has anything to do with my new 
dagger. <gasps> Maybe. Oh. Or, so he just looks like a normal halfling that's like withered, but just like he's like frozen. Petrified. Mm-hmm. Paralyzed. Paralyzed. A man walks toward you from out of this crowd. He wears many layers of colorful robes and silks despite this heat. He has a long white beard and he has long white hair to match it. He leans on an ornate metallic staff with both hands as he walks up to you. And as he does, he walks up behind the man who is sitting still and he reaches into the pouch that is at his side. Uh, You can hear the jingling of coins as he pulls it out of it. He just says, you should be more careful, friend. Oh, thanks. Thank you. As you say thank you, you you. (laughs) you, you feel a sense. Thank you. You feel a sense of excitement and gratitude and familiarity and actually all of you feel the lizard of sadness and as he does a small pseudo dragon crawls up out of his cloak and he says we have much to talk about friends i have many thanks to give to you my friend gumball here says that you're the ones who found him and saved him (laughs) we do have a gumball now (laughs) the lizard of happiness i am in your debt and this is the least i can do i'll have you at my private quarters if you'd give me audience of course the satchel that he gave me, was it mine originally? No, he like gave you the money from the guy who has had his oh, hand okay. in your, yeah. Say no more, fam. Sadly, like 10 gold pieces. Gumball or Gumball? Gumball. I'm going to call him Gumball. And the wizard's name, did you get it? We did not yet. Ah, friends. Call me Isaac's Olor. Is Adelaide with us? No. Yeah. No. He tells you that, he tells you what district he lives in. He lives two districts above the ports, which you all know to be a really nice part of town. Let's go there. Yeah, I mean, it's becoming dark, and as it does, these festival lights, like, they are obviously magical, and they're just these orbs kind of hanging all the way around the city, almost like lantern lights. I have a stop I really need to make. Okay, yeah, no, absolutely. You guys don't have to go straight there. Oh, okay. That's why He's invited you over. Like, you can go later. Okay. Yeah. We'd be happy to come see you later. You've saved my dear friend Gumball. And I cannot thank you enough. He means more to me than anything. I want to give his little jowl a tickle. Simply could not pass by while he was in distress. And that's why I'll have you at my house. I'll have a feast for you when you arrive, and as much as you can drink. Fuck yes. You. We should save more pseudo dragons, exactly. guys. Oh, hey, guys. How was the Beholder show? <laughs> Lame. Uh, it's it was pretty good. Yeah. Was, yeah? What was, happened? Well, everybody's getting uh, ripped off, but, you know. Yeah, that's well, what I figured. None of these shows are real. Someone died. That's what killed a beholder. Them. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I have something being made, but I'll have presents for you guys tomorrow. Oh, okay. Bond in our new friendship group. Nice. Doing I don't really think we should tell people. <laughs> I don't think we should tell people we're adventurers. I think we should tell them we're a friendship group. <laughs> we just really support each other. We're just a friendship group, guys. So you go to the kettle of many things. It is in a little bit of a seedier part of town, right off the ports. A lot of their business is the sailors coming in and the merchants coming in right off of the shores, and they don't stay even the night most of the time. As you walk in, you all immediately hear djembe drums playing um and just like this silky deep voice is kind of like going out over all of it and you can see two dancers up on the bar uh you would recognize both of them they both nod to you but they are professionals uh and madame is very serious about her dancers as you know uh so they work through it and they don't come over immediately to say hello to you but yeah you they they acknowledge you yeah good job ladies doing a good job is that um is the drum is that davian or is it do you know the way do you know the way (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, that's what he's singing. So I give Davian a big smile and a wave. Yeah, and he he starts playing his drums a little harder, and uh, he nods to you. I sort of dance my way over to Madame. Uh, she's working behind the bar. She always does pouring really stout drinks. Uh, a plump female half orc with intricate, brightly colored clothing is pouring drinks behind this bar. She recognizes you and holds a finger up as she works. She doesn't say a word at first. She wears an incredible amount of makeup on her face, like bright red lipstick foundation that does not match her greenish brown skin. It's like a white porcelain. It's just like a really strange look that she has. She dresses in furs even in the heat of this summer and she just has an air of import about her. She wears a big boa around her neck and a feather kind of like this huge feather comes out of her head. She finishes serving up these drinks and she's just like, Callista, it's been so long. (laughs) (laughs) And she, she pulls you in and she kisses the side of your face and like you can feel her tusks up against you and as she pulls away there's just these enormous lit marks on you with the t- yeah yeah there are tusk gaps on the kiss for sure with it and I say madame you're looking lovely today but you know how I feel about that color blush with your skin tone I can't get over it, darling. It's a steal, especially with all these vendors. I gotta sell drinks. You know how it is. You do you, honey. It's working, whatever it is. Yeah, and she she lights up a pipe of tobacco, and she starts to smoke it as she sits. And at the end of the bar, you can hear a man who's, like, slurring his speech just a little bit, be like, another down here! And she's like, hold your your jets, darling. I'm talking to someone. I'll be down there in a minute. (laughs) Sounds like he's ready for a water. I've been giving him water all night. <laughs> He's just an idiot. <laughs> You're the best. You're the best. All right, I got two things for you this evening, madame, and then I'll be back later for some more conversation. Uh, anything for you. All right. First of all, honey, I got a new story. There's a new song. There's a dance. We're putting it together. And I pull out the two dragon scales. I need a costume. These will make nice earrings. No, no, no. Titty covers. It's the bikini. <laughs> You said they Hell were big yeah. enough to cover Hell my teeth yeah. boobs this is last so session. Cool. <laughs> these are gonna these are gonna make the girls look great. I'll make sure they get something nice made for you. Thank you. Silver accents on those, please. I've got the skirt already. I'm good to go. I'm going to combine it with something You'll else. get the whole nine yards. I don't know what that means, but people say it all the time. <laughs> it takes less than nine yards of fabric to make a bikini top, but thank you. <laughs> all right. Second thing. What do you know about this whole black plume thing going on out there? I was out of town with my new friends and missed all of it. What's going on? Oh, doll. People are coming in from all over, not just for the festival. Actually, I heard that the festival is suffering because people are scared of the plume. Patches and I thought it looked a little light out there. It's been going for about three days. Uh, nonstop, just up into the sky. Huh. Has people drinking, though, because they're scared, and that's good for me and the girls. good for business, yeah. (laughs) Now, remember, when we're talking about the girls, this costume is for me, not for them. I understand. Okay. She she gets, like, some clear liquor and Uh pours it into these ceramic cups and kind of pushes five of them toward all you, and she's like... Ah, thank you. She's like, friends of yours, I know you, darling. It's good to see you. Good to see you. You know baby Patches. He's here all the time. He's not a baby anymore, and she grabs his cheek and, like, (laughs) pinches it. Hi, it's nice to meet you. I'm Adelaide. You ever thought about being a dancer? Once or twice, but I'm no good at dancing. I like that hair and that thing you got on your finger? That's neat. That is her finger. Oh, ooh. It's really neat. <laughs> Darling, oh. <laughs> they can repair that at the temple. Why are you wearing that around? It's my style. I don't like to hide from my past. 
most of the time. Oh, have a drink, darling. Take it easy. Think of it like a blush, <laughs> madame. It's working for her. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. That, oh, sorry. I got caught up. You asked yeah. me about the plume. Yeah. Uh, adventures are coming from all around. I heard that the Council of Lords is accepting applications, but that they stopped because too many people are coming and too yeah. many people are getting hurt. Getting hurt? How, how so? Well, the Council of Lords have sent out all of their adventuring parties, their squires, their scholars, and they all come back, most of them blind, I hear. Ooh, hmm. my goodness. Blind and burned and singed. Oh, it's awful. telling any stories about what they saw out there? They say they can't remember. They say they can't see anything. It's too bright and it burns their eyes. Do you know where it's burning? Somewhere out on Dragon's Reach. I don't know. You had any adventurers come through here that haven't gone out yet? No adventurers coming through here. You know how it is. Not really our crowd. I do. We met some on the road on the way back in. We got Total this handsome fella assholes. playing the drums in the corner, though. He told you I sent him, right? He did. I appreciate it. Yeah. I thought he'd be good. The he girls like dancing to his drums. Mm-hmm. I thought he'd be good. Uh, I, one, and one more thing. Yeah. That Landa fella, he mm-hmm. was here. I sent some of the girls down to his thing today to heckle him for you. Thanks, hon. <laughs> <laughs> You are the best. So he came here. Not here. He's got like a oh, tent just somewhere. Oh, Yeah, I heard he was going to be here. You know what? Don't push him too hard. It's no big deal. Well, let's just say he didn't sell as many books as he was hoping to. You know what? Let me give you something. I pull out about half of my stack of sheets I wrote up. Next time you send the girls, see if they can sneak some of these into the book. You got it. Anything for you. We're going to put on a great show here tomorrow night, all right? We're going to draw them in off the streets away from these cheesy hacks in the tents. You're going to wear your dragon scale boobies? Fitz ready. <laughs> I'm excited to see him. <laughs> Me too. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I suddenly can't contain myself. <laughs> Shaking with excitement. I mean, they match my hair. I couldn't resist, you know. I'm sure you'll pull in some of the old regulars who we haven't seen in a while. Assuming you all have drank what she gave you before, mm-hmm. she pours some more clear liquor into those glasses. and Just my hand appears on the bar. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, take it easy, little fella. That's strong stuff. I like that the thing you got on your head. It's hair. Oh. <laughs> it's a man bun. That's an interesting style. I like it. Uh, but she pours some more, and she's like, on the house, of course. Patches, is there anything I can do for you? I'm all set. I'm just... Hanging out. You change your mind, you're always welcome here. An appraiser. You wanted an appraiser. Yes, yes, yes. Madame, who will give us a fair assessment of the value of those dragon scales before they're made into a bikini? Uh, Patches has some he didn't want to make into a bikini. (laughs) uh, Although he'd look great. I can uh, can take them for you and guarantee you the highest price. I I would just like to know first. I'll I'll ask about your scales if they're the same. I I trust you. They're from the same animal. Yeah, well, I got hers to make the bikini. And, uh, and oh, so I don't, I'll just use those. Yeah. I appreciate it, though. Fair enough. My throat's getting sore. <laughs> I'm trying to have the longest conversation I can with you right now. <laughs> as, as she's talking, she's, like, obviously excited, and she's kind of starting to sweat, and you can see that foundation starting to run, and there's just, like, a bunch of moles under all of that foundation she has. I mean, you can already see, like, the bumps from it and stuff. She's more orc than she is human. Or Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of orc in there. Well, these drinks ain't going to serve themselves. They are not, darling. We will not keep you any longer. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Tell your handsome friend over there he can stay as long as he likes. Can I please use your room? 
I want to do this ritual spell. Oh, okay. Like, our will And I'm going to go talk to Davian while he's doing that. Okay. Um, I want to actually involve him <laughs> in the act. So I need, I'd like a drummer to dance to along with okay. music. So I'm going to pass him my notes for my performance I want to do tomorrow. I told you I'd see you here at your show. I'll be there, and I'll make it good. Yeah, and he just kind of folds them up and tucks them into his, uh, like... Butt cheeks. Yeah, butt cheeks. <laughs> He's naked now. Um, no, he, he, puts him in his, yeah, he puts them in his satchel, and he just kind of goes back to playing the drums, and everyone at the bar is loving it, and the girls are, like, dancing to it really well, and he's just got, like, this really cool rhythm going. So uh, he has agreed to help you out. What ritual are you wanting to do? Oh, yeah, so I, I open up my spell book. I'm, like, feverishly excited about this, looking through, and then I do an hour-long ritual spell, and I do five familiar nice okay yeah so you guys you guys uh, like on top of all of the tobacco smoke and whatever else you're smelling in the air here and all of the uh like just girls dancing and the sweat and you smell like this really pleasant incense kind of coming down the stairs all of a sudden and as soon as that kind of hits your nostrils i am jauntily just like coming downstairs (laughs) (laughs) with a huge smile and i have this amazing like beautiful like light brown and white owl on my shoulder and anytime like it ever moves its wings a little bit it's like this like desert heat shimmer where like the feathers would be kind of leaves like this little after where did you get that owl from i conjured it (laughs) that's pretty fucking cool what from where it's my familiar that's how the spell works I name her Ori, and she's amazing. (laughs) Also, watch this, Uh, and I'm like, fly around the room, and she flies around the room, and then my eyes go completely white, and I just am smiling. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, Tink Tink is dead, everybody. I think think we found the cause of the blindness. (laughs) It's these fucking owls. (laughs) And then it flies back to my shoulder, and then my eyes come back, and I'm like, Awesome. Um, Explain what just happened. I can see through her eyes. I can hear through oh, her ears. That's okay. yes. cool. This is very exciting. So Arwell wow. is Arwell's a small gnome. Mm-hmm. Uh, how big is this owl on your shoulder? Probably, like, like is it proportional? Is it a small owl? It's, not it's super breaking small. him. I would probably spell like. <laughs> It's actually, yeah. I guess it would be a little bit smaller because I don't want to be somewhat. Because you don't yeah. want to be a little bit smaller. It's a familiar. Like six inches. Okay. It's yeah. So it's like owl. a, it's like a, yeah, it's a little owl. Almost like a little barn owl. Oh. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And it Can just I sits on your shoulder. Yeah. Of course. So now Arwell has a familiar. Yes. Yay! <laughs> you guys have been drinking at the bar, like waiting on him. I'm imagining. I have this strange it's feeling when I see his owl, of like familiarity. Familiar. I get it. Familiarity. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to you about your owl. Yeah. So is it? It's a fake creature. It, it feels is. like it's from the Fae. You know, my patron is from the Fae. I do. Yeah. I get all of my power from that. It's pretty awesome. Me and it's, this owl. I'm really excited to have her around. Yeah. With us. Hang out with her. Or <laughs> go see her. <laughs> I get to hold her. I'm just hyperventilating. I have um, been drinking a lot of these house drinks. What time of day is it? Uh, it's it's just hitting night now. Should we go visit our new friend for that? Yeah, the sun is set and it's kind of, the stars have come out. And the only thing that indicates that that smoke is still in the air is just the stars that are missing, like right up the middle above the dragon's reach. You do walk a ways. It's about a 15 minute walk up into uh, this district that Isaacs lives in. It's exactly where he described it. He drew it for you. Um, And as you walk up, it is this two story house. It looks a little strange as most wizards homes do. The bottom is a little bigger and it's taller than it is wide. It's a pretty advanced house. I mean, Raven's Blood 
Bluff is a thriving city, but even for it, this house is still really nice. There is smoke just slowly coming up out of his chimney and you can kind of smell that wood as you're coming up. We're like, we're looking yeah. for the wizard with the lizard. <laughs> uh, yeah, and with that, he do he opens the door, and as he does, you can just see, it seems like his entire home, not just the fireplace and the candles, but like every surface is bathed in this firelight. Just this warm glow is kind of coming from everything, and it's easy to see, and you can smell teas, and you can hear the sizzle of meat, and you can smell that fat burning in the air, and it just smells so good, uh, especially after just like eating rations for the past three days. He invites you in, and as soon as you all walk in, he's like, pouring drinks for everybody. Um, I have enough ale and wine and uh, liquor to fill your stomachs and to warm your bones, but if you'd rather tea, uh, you can join me for a pot. I have a kettle boiling. Put me down for tea. I don't partake in that devil juice. I love devil juice. <laughs> me also. So much. He gives you two devil me juices. Too. So he pours everyone devil juice except uh, Guy. <laughs> and I got to sing on my whip. He pours you this tea, and the tea actually like clears your head. Like even as you're smelling it, it just like I'm high as a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's THT. Help yourselves to the food. And, uh, and he sits down in a chair. He has other chairs around the fireplace. He has a really nice sitting area with furs and rugs and leather seats. He has interesting books all over his home. And everything is kind of burning. He has interesting beakers full of strange, beautiful liquids. He has a lot of plants that are just in all of these pots. All of them look really different. And they're in different lighting, most of them, growing in what looks like different atmospheres. There are stairs that lead upstairs, but he hasn't invited you into that part of his home. But he asks you all, please, have a seat. I I'd like to hear about... How you saved my friend Gumble here, and who had him more well, specifically? Calissa, you have a great story to tell about this, don't you? I certainly do, and I actually um, play for him the verse that I've written about our travel to through the woods and finding okay. the three hooligans out there. Like, yeah, and I actually and, just play okay. it. And... He's like, "Thank you, but I hate music." <laughs> Get out. Get, Get out. the fuck out yeah. of my house. And I've incorporated it into it. Um, the piece that I played as I walked into the clearing under the influence of the emotions of the pseudo-dragon. So you can kind of hear that. Oh, yeah. into that okay, yeah, it's a little somber yeah. uh, and it's a little melancholy. As, as you're playing this, you all feel this nostalgia for this thing and you feel this kind of residual fear just sitting on the tips of your shoulders. And as you're feeling this and you're playing it, he's just like, uh, keep playing, it's beautiful. And he's like, Gumble, stop. And as soon as he says that, all of those emotions kind of fade away from all of you and they're kind of retracted back again. Gumble does fly over during this song and he's like looking at your owl. His head is, I mean, he's he definitely has a dragon-like head yeah, and he's kind of crawling like, across the front of you. Shoulder up and, I'm like, Good play. Uh, and they're just like ch looking at each other. They fly over to a table and your owl's head is just kind of cocking back and forth and Gumble is kind of like moving around it really quickly and smelling it. Its tail kind of comes up, that scorpion-like tail, and just like playfully kind of jabs at it a little bit and your owl's just bouncing back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so you tell him that about Mohawk Tuskier and the two thugs at the river. And when I get to the end, um, I pull out the handkerchief that I kept from one of them and I say, and they were wearing these colors. Um, which I don't know if you, you probably don't get around in those parts of town, but it's a gang of common thugs that have recently organized. Would you mind if I kept that? Of course not. He takes it and really gently folds it up and he pulls out this, yeah, he pulls out this leather material and he, he folds it up inside of it. Uh, and he just kind of puts a needle through the top of it to keep it secure and sets it to the side. You've done me a great favor and now I owe all of you one. Why are you in town? What is it you seek? Is there any way I can help you? I want to kill 40 dragons and ride my buffalo from here to 10 buck to fuck two. We did not share gold. <laughs> <laughs> 
Should we tell him? Are we allowed to tell him? What? I know you want us to keep our story kind of on the DL, but... Yes. Can we tell him? Not everything. I can hear everything you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm gonna roll insight on this guy's my best check. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. You're already laughing. <laughs> Dude, eight's better than most of the ones you do. I mean, this guy's been really generous to all of you, and you've, you know, that adventuring group, they were real assholes, and the carnies have just been trying to make sales to you, so it's kind of refreshing to have someone who's just being a good host and helping you all just out. Being nice, yeah, yeah. You're, you're inclined to believe so, what he's saying. What do you know about the tear fall? Oh, dear. Sorry. Here's the deal. <laughs> he's like, oh, oh my. Yeah, the, the song you just heard is the beginning of a longer tale. We... Um, Patches and I both live here. Um, Guy sort of doesn't live anywhere. <laughs> yeah, These two are from Thingus Spark Spring. Um, we came together to go. An excellent school. Thank you. Oh, you go there as well. I do. It's well respected he's and well known. I'm just a student. Yeah. And yeah, he lifts his tea up and he's like, I'll drink to that. I'll take my demon juice. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, you drink your demon juice. I thought it was devil juice. It's whatever. <laughs> as long as it's evil. It's all kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Um, we may talk more on this later. Continue. Right. Um, we were on our way to help out. Um, oh, dang it. I'm forgetting the name of the other school. Kaggerts. We were on the way to help with a problem at Kaggerts, which. Uh, a troubled is, school, he just kind of says to yeah. himself. Well, and. We took care of things there. They seem to be doing really well, actually. I was impressed with them. Several other things happened that I'm not done writing yet, so I'm reluctant to share the details before I can give the true story. I'll be happy to share it with you at some point. I'm just not quite ready yet. Suffice it to say, we fought something larger than we thought we could and succeeded, and now we've come back home, basically, after that, um, to find this smoke rising off in the distance. Uh. And a lot of really, I had a really feeling you'd ask me about the plume. people being mean to us on the way into town that are here to supposedly take care of it. Worry not, friend. I understand that a bard's story isn't unlike a weapon. An important thing to have and to hold secret. Thank you. I don't believe you were with your friends earlier. I was not. I was on a very special friend mission. Ah, uh, well... Uh, These are my new friends. That does sound like a special mission indeed. <laughs> um, Get out of my house. <laughs> it's Adelaide. It's all special. Well, a pleasure to meet you, uh, young lady. My name is Isaacs. Nice to meet you. Yeah, and he reaches out, and as he does, he flips your hand over, and he sees that amethyst finger, and he's like, an interesting group. I had a feeling you'd ask me about the plume. Uh, the Council of Lords is having a fit. It's hurting the prophets of the town, and they're afraid it's a threat. Uh, They've called for all adventurers, but they've canceled all invitations, all audiences with them. We've heard that people are being hurt. Some are blinded. Yes, uh, knights have gone out, uh, squires, scholars. Any magicians? They asked me to go. Uh, I'm getting old in age. My adventuring days are long past me. They've all come back hurt, Mm -hmm. some blind, burned. Saying the light was too much for them. They couldn't even witness what was before them. Uh, The Council of Lords just kept sending out men and women and anyone who would go. Uh, They called for adventurers from all over, dared anyone to come who would bear witness and report back to them. But so far, everyone who's gone out has either died or come back scarred mentally or physically, sometimes both. Ever read of anything like this happening? Never in all my long years. Now, 
As I said, I don't know much about the plume, and the trial of lords is the only way to become a representative for the council. They're no longer accepting applications for it due to the influx of adventures coming through. But what would you all say to me becoming your patron? Getting you in. I just happen to be an advisor with the council. It's the least I could do for what I you did am. for Gumble. Yeah. It sounds like a job for people that have a different way of doing things than brute force. And I think that is our way. Because we're very weak. Well, those people. Those. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the most true thing you've said all day. We don't remember uh, what happens. We but those people. Don't have it. <laughs> the difference being, those people don't have Isaac's Olor as a patron. Hmm. Very exciting. I'm down. I'm in. I love investigating things. Your lizard of. of Bipolarism, which I can tell is very dear to me, and you've been a good buddy. So, hell yeah, totes do it, fam. The only catch here is the trial of lords is tomorrow. You'll have to go to the arena. The trials are always, I wouldn't say randomized, but different. So I can't prepare you for what's in store. Mm. Sounds fun. So they're going to, like, test us and weaken us and then send us out there? Uh, Nothing like that. You can go out when you please. However... They'll ensure you have the provisions you need to go out there if you're a representative of the council. Got it. In my opinion, and as your patron, I'd advise taking this route. Let's do it. I want to be a champion. Will we be participating as a group or separately? Uh, That stands to be seen. It depends on your trials. Hmm. Interesting. Do they allow buffaloes? They allow animals in some. Many rangers have been seen with, and many rangers have been seen forced to tame animals in the arena. Uh, it's also important, I imagine, to let you know it is a spectator sport, uh, especially with the Midsummer Festival and trying to make their profits back for the people not coming into town. You'll be used as entertainment, but I promise you it is legitimate all the same. I'm not unused to that. Perfect then. How do the rest of me feel? People that much. Yeah, same. (laughs) (laughs) I think sounds like a hell of a good time. Let's do it. All right. So, other than being able to inspect this black plume, what other perks come from succeeding this trial? The The council has been mountain of gold. They've been vague with how much gold that they are going to give, but one thing's for sure. Well, I'm not just being. Renowned. No, not solving the Black Plume, but just having access to this Trial of Lords membership. Ah, being a representative of the Council of Lords is no trivial matter. It doesn't just mean you go on uh, journeys. It means that shop owners will respect you. They'll give you discounts that they would of the Lords. You can have a council with the people who rule over Raven's Bluff anytime you desire. I'm in. People will know your names. Thank you so much for yeah, People may know offering your patronage. Yeah, and uh, and at that, he lifts his hand up, and Gumball flies over and like wraps around it. Just this purr, almost like a cat, kind of comes out of him. And you all feel this sense of contentment as he does. He just says, after you helped Gumball, it's the least I can do. Uh, and we'll end episode four with you guys getting a patron and some information about the Black Plume. Yeah. As the Midsummer Festival winds down for the night and the drunken sailors and carny workers get pickpocketed beside all of the carnival attractions, episode four also draws to a close. Dungeons and Dragons just wouldn't be the same without dice. And we are really picky about the ones that we use at our table. We only use dice from tabletop loot. They have the most beautiful dice, they feel great in our hands, and they fill our podcast with those wonderful tactile sounds. Do yourself a favor and grab a pair of dice from them. 
or four and enter the code hit dice pod in their store to get 15% off hit dice pod is lowercase and all one word. Thank you so much for joining us. Our listeners mean the world to us and we love continuing the conversation with you on Twitter. You can reach us at hit dice pod. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to recommend us to your friends and to take five seconds to leave a review. We love hearing your feedback, and those reviews really do go a long way for us. Now that our heroes have discovered a newfound ally and patron, they'll have to prove their worth in the Trial of Lords. Join us next time to see if they've got what it takes to impress the Council of Lords in Raven's Bluff. Until next time, adventurers, thanks again for joining. Thank you.